Welcome to the Silver Screen Guide Podcast. Join Corbin and Alan, along with guest hosts, as they bring their love for the cinema to discuss films from every genre and decade. Learn about the history of the film, little-known facts, and insightful explorations while they enjoy discussing your favorite film. The curtain is rising and your podcast is starting. So sit back, relax, and enjoy your guide to the silver screen. Welcome back, listeners, to the eighth and, for now, final installment. We'll talk about that at the end of the review of our Rocky movie review series. Today we are reviewing Creed 2. This is your co-host, Corbin. And I'm Alan. Now, before we jump too far into the review, don't forget to check the description below. We've got timestamps down there, so if you just want to jump straight to our thoughts on the film, you can easily do that with the timestamps. Also, that connects you to our website, social media places. We are on all major podcast platforms, and no matter where you're listening, go ahead and leave us a five-star rating because that is a great free way to support us. That does help us reach our goal, our 2021 goal of being verified critics on Rotten Tomatoes. And um, iTunes is where they check, but no matter where you're at, uh, it's great because it does help us get recommended to other people looking to listen to a fun movie review podcast. It helps grow the Silver Screen Guide community. That's a basic free way for you to help us out. Well, Alan, as we talked about last time, it's no surprise that we're getting a sequel to this movie. But yeah, no surprise at all. No surprise at all. And it's almost three years directly. This come, looks like it comes out November 21st, 2018 for an early Wednesday release. But what is different is we have different crew involved this time. Yeah, because last time we had uh, Ryan Coogler, who at the time had only done what had been Fruitvale Station, right? That was kind of his big claim to fame. Um, after that, he would go on to do Black Panther, um, and then he would be stuck on that production while this went into production um, after it. So this time we have director Stephen Keppel Jr., who at the time of this record, or at the time of this movie's release, had only done one feature-length film in one TV movie. Um, so yeah, the, the, there's a difference in crew this time around. Um, coming on to Creed, now the main characters are the same. Um, all the actors are pretty much remaining. All the main actors are remaining relatively the same that they were from the first film. But we have a few different new people here on this sequel to Creed. And this also marks Sylvester Stallone's return to, I, I guess I can't say the director's chair. Could I say the writer's chair? Yeah, he did. Uh, I think he, I don't know sure how much of the script is hit, is done by him, but he did have a hand in the script. Um, a pretty heavy hand from what I read. Yeah, it was kind of weird because the story is done by two different people. And then Jewel Taylor is on here writing. Uh, Sasha Penn did the story and Chiu Hodar Coker also worked on it. And then Stallone also has given his input as well, which is significant because he wrote Rocky one through six and he was completely absent from writing Rocky, or excuse me, Creed. Right. So the movie is coming out. Are the scores as good as last time? Because we talked about how 
um, the Creed just kind of blew the franchise out of the water with how great the scores were. Right. Well, they're they're still positive. I'll say that. They're still okay. very, very positive. Um, <laughs> IMDb did a 7.1. I think last time Creed had a 7.8 or thereabouts. Um, 7.6. Okay, 7.6. So Metascore is 66. Rotten Tomatoes critic score 83%. That's rather high. And an audience score of 79%, which is still, you know, pr- pretty up there. Cinema score on a letterbox at 3.5. So relatively high. Um, yeah. For the most part, relatively high. Not as high as last time, but they're still high. Yeah, that is true. So it appears that uh, that's interesting. Seven point one on IMDb. Mm-hmm. Well, because that's exactly the same score Rocky Balboa has. Really? Yeah. Interesting. So apparently, audiences think those movies are pretty equivalent. These two movies are pretty equivalent. Um, that makes it tied for third highest on IMDb because um, Rocky Two is the only other one that can beat it out, aside from the original with a 7.3. Right. Now, 83% is still pretty significant, making it the third highest rated film by critics on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, as for this film's 80%, um, yeah, it looks like this makes it third highest with um, only being a 1% higher than Rocky Four. Interesting. So take what mm-hmm. you will with that. Yeah. Now, I got to say, a 66 Metascore is a pretty sharp drop from the first film, um, mm-hmm. especially because that situates it around a little, just a slightly above Rocky Balboa and slightly above um, Rocky II, and just under the first film, which makes it the third highest Metascore. So... I mean, overall, it looks like this is hitting somewhere around third place as far as scores go or tying for third at the very least. Right. Which isn't which isn't too bad, Um, which uh, of all the movies, uh, listeners, if you haven't heard our thoughts, go back and check out our thoughts on what we think of those other movies. I guess I'm a little bit surprised that these scores are as high as they were. I wasn't necessarily, I I guess I didn't really know what I was expecting coming into this because I knew that Creed had come out back in 2015. Um, I knew of its existence. I had no clue that Creed 2 came out in 2018. Um, I don't think, I think I maybe heard it mentioned at some point, but other than that, heard nothing about it, which usually is not a very good sign, at least, you know, for how much I pay attention to film reviews. Right. So yeah, when this came out, I had no idea. I had completely forgotten that there was a sequel to Creed that had released um, no more than a few years ago from this recording. Um, up until we were getting ready to do do this retrospective, and I remembered, oh yeah, that's right, Creed Two came out. So, what did you did you hear about this film at all, Corbin? Because I I pretty much did not. No, I didn't hear about this movie, which is kind of weird because yeah. it just came out about two years ago, mm-hmm. and no, this movie come completely was off the map for me i honestly don't ever remember seeing a trailer i don't remember it hitting theaters which as you said is weird because we we clearly pay close attention to movies um the first time that i really caught attention of this movie was i think when it hit like prime video or hulu not that long ago and i'm like oh yeah they made a sequel I didn't hear anything about it, and I guess it's been two years, so I don't know what happened. I don't know how we missed this. Yeah. So now that you have seen the trailer, 
would this have been something that would have gotten you into the seats? I mean, clearly it didn't get either of us in it because we didn't even know that it came out. Um, <laughs> but would it have been something that would have gotten you in the seats had you have seen it um, back when it was released? Would I have contributed to the box office? Well, I'm a little more interested, but not enough to get me into theater still. Um, I'll wait for streaming. And at that point, I had been out of college for about five months, six months, something like that. I really also still wasn't at the theater very much. I was trying to figure out my life. I wouldn't be at theaters. Nope. Yeah, I'm kind of the same with you, given the track record, especially of, of Rocky. Um, there are numerous sequels that are varying quality. Um, I, I may go to see it, but more likely I probably wouldn't. Um, given how surprised we both were with the previous week's film, there may have been something that would have drawn me into it. But yeah. since I hadn't seen it at the time, clearly I did not go to the theater to watch it uh, until now when we watched, at least I watched it on Amazon Prime. So maybe I may have been there in the theater, but I, I highly doubt it. I highly doubt it because of the track record that we have so far. So clearly we didn't contribute to it. We wouldn't contribute to it. How did it fare with its budget and opening weekend? Surprisingly, pretty good, actually. Um, at a budget of $50 million, opening weekend, it garnered in an eh, $35.6 million. Mm -hmm. um, but domestically overall, $115.7 million, which is pretty good. Yeah. Foreign markets at $97.9 million for a worldwide total of $213.6 million. So... In reality, it did rather well in the box office. Um, I don't think it ever reached number one when it came out. I think it came out at number two um, and then stayed number three for a few weeks. So it did okay in its placement, um, but mostly because more family-centric children's films were above it in those later weeks. But it did okay. It did it, Money-wise, it did great in the box office. Placement-wise, it did all right. So yeah, it... For all intents and purposes, it did do rather well. Yeah, I will say it makes sense that they gave this movie $15 million more than last mm -hmm. time. I don't know if it necessarily needed it, but my guess is probably because these people had becoming bigger stars. Um, I will say $35 uh, million is still weak for an opening of this movie. It is a marked improvement. It did get a $6 million more and it did move from three to two as far as position goes. Mm -hmm. I will say it's disconcerting to see this movie gross, um, once again, about $6 million more domestically. Um, cause last time it was close to 110 and this time it's close to 116. So that's really not a too big of an endorsement and it did take um three years to get this movie out because right. um michael b jordan was wrapped up in filming black panther and i guess to be fair this did release um well ralph breaks the internet came out the same week that it came out and so being that that one is a disney property of course it got number one in the box office and overtook creed 2 um but dr seuss's the grinch was right behind it um, and that's what ended up being taking its place for the second place spot, pushing it down to number three the following weeks. Where they pushed it down was when Spider-Man vs. Into the Spider-Verse came out. Um, that pretty much sunk it into the number six by, by, by its fifth week. So, mm. 
Yeah, around this time, um, you have not only is it Oscar bait season, but you've also got the family movies coming out for the holidays, like, you know, Ralph versus Ralph Breaks Internet and Dr. Seuss's The Grinch. So, yeah, I can kind of see also see why its placement was good, but not great in the box office. And just to be clear, unlike its predecessor, this one didn't make it to the Academy Awards, correct? Right. No, it did not make any awards at the Oscars at all. No. Now, something else is I did kind of do a little bit of a comparison between the Stallone's other big franchise, the Rambo films, um, those five movies. We have reviewed all of those. Also, um, I talk about um, kind of those movies and the corresponding reviews, like with the years that they came out, like which one was the winner between the franchises. And so um, Rambo Last Blood did come out um, almost a year after this movie. But it has an IMDb rating of 6.1 and a meta score of 26. So clearly um, Creed 2 was much more um, praiseworthy than Rambo Last Blood. Yeah. And we did talk about Rambo Last Blood when it came out. Uh, Very interesting discussion we had on that one. Yeah. Yeah. um, It's awful. We hated it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you could listen to us uh, tear that movie apart. Also, it should be noted that Sylvester Stallone is 72 years old in this movie. Michael B. Jordan is 31 at this point, whereas um, last time around he was 28 and Stallone was 69. So quite the age gap, but um, uh, Jordan is no longer in his 20s and Stallone is no longer in his 60s. All right, listeners, if you haven't seen Creed 2 and you don't want the film spoiled for you, I believe as of the time of this recording, it is streaming on Hulu or Prime Video. I know mm-hmm. over, I don't know right now, but I know over Black Friday, it was like $4.99 for the combo pack, which is what I picked up. So it's pretty easy to get your hands on. Um, so if you don't want the movie spoiled for you, go ahead and click pause right now. Go ahead and watch the movie and then come back and click play and we'll be ready to talk about it. It's been three years since the events of the previous Creed film. In that time, Adonis Creed is the champion, plans on asking Bianca to marry him, and finds out that Bianca is pregnant with their first child. However, across the pond, fighter Ivan Drago, who fought and beat Apollo Creed in Rocky IV, is training his son, Victor Drago, to potentially fight Donnie in the ring, bringing something back to the Drago name. The Drago's manager, Buddy Marcel, convinces Donnie to fight Victor. Donnie approaches Rocky about it, but he refuses. Donnie and Bianca then move back to LA to train the father's gym. Drago and Creed fight in the ring once again, but Donnie is severely beaten and is taken to the hospital. Rocky shows up, but Donnie says to leave him alone. In the coming months, Donnie becomes very depressed, nearly having the same fate as his father in the ring. And now that the threat of him forfeiting the title is looming over him, Victor Drago begins to taunt him because he wants to fight and grab that title from him. Donnie finally agrees after making up with Rocky and they begin to train again. Only this time, they head to a camp in the middle of nowhere where fighters come to be reborn, as Rocky states. The fight is held on Victor's home turf, and the two duke it out for 10 straight rounds. Then he overcomes the pain of being hit in the ribs and unleashes on Victor, thus causing Ivan to throw in the towel. Donnie is crowned the victor and also turns the crowd on his side. In the film's final moments, Donnie, Bianca, and the newborn Amaro visit Apollo Creed's grave while Rocky travels to Vancouver to see his son once again as credits roll. Well, the first thing I want to ask you, Alan, is what do you think of the pacing of this movie? It's about three minutes shorter. Um, There is some cut footage that I really do want to talk about, but... I don't know. What do you think of the pacing, especially as compared to the last one? Yeah. So overall, 
I think the first one is paced much better. Um, because in this first act, things just start flying by like almost a million miles an hour. Like they go through some pretty important things like Bianca or he wants to marry Bianca. And, um, you know, he's now the crown, the champion um, of the heavyweight title. So some pretty important things, but they seem to just kind of just zoom right by it, um, unfortunately. So after the, after this, they kind of settles in and starts to get more into a groove and feels a bit more, you know, it feels not as hectic um, and all over the place, but I would say that overall, the pacing in the first one just feels much, much better than it does here. Well, do you think it's um, as quickly paced or like events fly by like Rocky 2? I think this one's a little better than that. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think it's this one's a bit better than that. Definitely. So there's about 10 minutes of cut footage. I would say the most probably interesting scene of all of that is Rocky Spider. You remember Spider Rico? Yeah. Yeah. Spider Rico has passed away. And Rocky goes to his funeral and gives a eulogy for him. It is a long scene that has nothing to do with this movie. <laughs> Interesting. I, yeah. wonder, I wonder why that was in there. I don't understand except to, I mean, it's great for fans, but meaningless to newcomers. It's really weird. Mm -hmm. um, the yep. other one is there's kind of a funny scene where Rocky is training a bunch of kids which we never knew he was doing, but he does. Um, he has uh, classes for very young children to preteens. <laughs> Wish you could see Alan's face right now. I'm, I'm confused. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. It's kind of a funny scene. It's like again, completely not needing needed in the plot. Totally detracts from it. Nothing to do with the story. Um, and then there's actually this really weird, almost alternate ending where Creed uh, comes to see um, Drago after the fight, He comes to see Victor after the fight. And he actually gives him like this encouragement, like one fight is not all that we are. And right. uh, it's kind of weird to see that. And then uh, Ivan steps into the room and he's like, oh, well, I, I hate you. I'm not that much against your son but i hate you because you killed my dad but there is the small forgiveness in there that is i think it's completely missing from mm. this movie that those the that character connection is just not there um which is kind of surprising because that's kind of the main drive of the story it seems like um and then rocky and drago have more of a friendly nod and yeah that's pretty much the footage i think there's a little bit of extra um scenes with um Bianca in this movie and I also forget forgot to mention in the last one there's an extra musical number with Bianca okay yeah I that is interesting that you know you're you do bring up a good point uh, uh there is no like tension between like explicit tension between Ivan and Donnie right the guy who actually killed you know Donnie's father there really isn't yeah. that tension that now that's kind of the main point of this whole film is like you know overcoming um, you know, overcoming the villain or the antagonist who represents that of his father, right? So that is interesting that that scene is missing. You, you, I didn't really think about it until just now, and when you brought it up, yeah, they don't really ever have like just Ivan, just straight up Ivan, and only only Ivan and only Donnie coming against each other, um, because of you know what happened to Donnie's father. That isn't that is an interesting point that you bring up. I, th oh, yeah. I think the f I think you get so caught up in the fight and get kind of so lost in the fight between the sons that you 
do kind of just forget about, oh yeah, um, Drago was the guy that killed his dad and whatnot. Mm. And the movie seems to just leave on this note of forgive and forget. You got to just move on with your life and right. um, quit trying to chase the past or avenge the past and whatnot. But yeah, if you're interested, it's on the Blu-ray special feature. So it's interesting. It's not like incredibly satisfying, but it at least addresses it. So I thought that was interesting. Right. Now right. to open with the main villain, this is giving me Rocky three vibes where we kind of open with Clubber Lang scouting Rocky out and training hard. And you realize he's a very formidable opponent. Um, mm. Whereas this time Drago is nevertheless um, very hardened by the streets of Kiev <laughs> in russia but nevertheless yep. opening with him and then going to the creed 2 title and then showing um creed um go back to um fight the guy that he lost his mustang to was kind of a nice wraparound for that um, story mm -hmm. i felt like they should have put the titles after he won the heavyweight championship yeah yeah you're right it it is again like i mentioned a, a bit ago it is this opening opening act just feels like it just is it feels like it's jumbled right it doesn't feel like there's really anything that kind of makes it that through line that makes it flow very very well i think you're right maybe if they had you know opened or put the opening title after he won the fight maybe that would have helped it out a little bit i don't know but either way yeah this opening for me is just like you know everything's all happening at one time right we're introduced immediately to our villain um we're introduced now now our main character wins the champion uh wins the championship you know all this stuff just starts happening all one time and it's just like you know it's like whoa 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 like hang on a second it does come so. quick i can't say this isn't something that i haven't seen before in a lot of other movies yeah where it's like we're picking back up kind of where we left off and um it, a little time has passed but yeah the characters are all ready for the next step in their life with the next plays right. so i guess i didn't quite feel the same way as you with kind of the pace and it's all all just hitting um really fast i really thought this movie had a good pace it was fairly well paced i don't think i had much of um an issue with it um and i do like that this movie actually took time to explore the other side of these of the bad guys because all the other movies the bad guys have been either relegated to training montages and they've been just these flat cartoonish characters and i really like the aspect of victor's mom leaving them for some rich guy and i really like the fallout from rocky four that drago was once like the great son of russia and now these people are kind of like the scorned outcasts i thought that was a pretty mm. smart character placement there yeah i i do like that you do get to see like you know it's been decades since the since ivan drago lost to rocky in the ring right um so you i do like yeah I, i'm with you i do like that you know we do get to see like what his life has been like since then and it's not been great um he is pretty much spat on in the street because he essentially is not the son of russia anymore he is seen as more of an outcast because he lost to an american um especially back in the time so it is kind of cool to see that you know he raises his son with uh, pretty much under the guilt and under the you know pressure that he is under because of his loss in the ring he wants to maybe 
you know, he want I can see it as he wants to, you know, prove that the that the Drago name is not what it actually seems. Kind of similar to what it was in the first film with the first with the first creed from the previous one, where uh, our main character goes through this journey to sh also partially show that you know just because the creed name is somewhat tainted by the of what happened with what my father had done doesn't necessarily mean that the creed name is uh, is you know is bad. It's, I think it's kind of the same thing here. Um, although it's not as fleshed out as right. what, it, what it was in the first one because it's not the main focus. But either way, yeah, I do like, you know, where they do take this, where they do take the characters of uh, Ivan and Victor Drago in this in this story. You know, honestly, Creed 1 and Creed 2 is where the Rocky franchise should have gone a long time ago. Rocky is interesting when it deals with legacy, I think. Because it's like, what kind of heritage are you going to pass down to your son or your daughter? Mm -hmm. And so I was surprised to see that this movie is now about like the sons sparring off against each other. Yeah. But at the same time, I think it's probably a smart idea to go there to deal with that legacy. I think it gives more fullness, especially to Rocky four, which is what I consider to be the worst installment in the series. Um, I feel like it gives more meaning to that one because you, because you actually get to deal with the fallout. Whereas that movie had no character exploration really. And you get to right. see where these characters are at. So I gotta say, Alan, were you surprised that this movie is, in all intents and purposes, a sequel to Rocky IV? I guess a little bit, but I'm also not too surprised because it is, since the villain is the same, essentially the same villain as it was from Rocky IV, um, and just kind of following it, you know, decades after that movie, after the events of that film um, happen, I'm not too surprised that it is essentially a sequel to Rocky IV. Um, uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not too surprised. You know, I had no idea Dolph Lundgren was in this movie. Um, really? Returning as Ivan Drago. I didn't know that until like a couple days before I watched it, I think. So I had no idea what to expect from this movie. Um, I didn't know where this was going to go. Um, I think the only thing I ever really heard about it was it was just kind of okay, I mm -hmm. think, or... Um, I think I was honestly worried going into this movie, realizing that it's like, oh, you're going to fight the son of the guy that killed your dad. And I just feel like when they kind of go back to some of those things, it doesn't always play out well. So I think, I don't know, did that ever worry you? Did that ever think it was going to degrade the story quality at all? Um, I don't know. I, I guess I didn't really know exactly what to expect. I figured that, you know, like, the actor who played Ivan Drago would be returning because in the plot summary, it says that the son of Ivan Drago is coming back or whatever it says. Uh -huh. um, so I figured he's probably going to be in here as well. You know, I, I figured that was probably just going to be the case, but there is still that fear of, you know, this is nothing new exactly. So there is still that fear that, you know, you know, where is it going to go? Is it going to live up to what a sequel should be living up to? Is it going to, you know, actually be a good movie? Um, being that it is a sequel based off of an old Rocky film. I don't know. I I mean, going into it, I didn't really know what to expect. Um, so yeah, I guess in some ways, yeah, I had that fear of, you know, what is this going to end up being, right? I will say probably my favorite aspect of this movie is that it does kind of have a full around emphasis on that of like, 
um, parents and their children? Um, what kind of uh, values are you teaching your kids? Is it more important that you be that you win and not be around for your kids? So I just kind of follow the Rocky two formula in that Creed has a child like within the first act. Um, and I feel like this is far more emotional and meaningful than anything that happened with that in Rocky two. But nevertheless, I thought it brought up an interesting point of when um, his, his now wife, uh, Bianca says, are you going to be around for your kid? Like your dad wasn't for you because his ego wouldn't let him out of the ring. So right. I, I found, I find the dynamic, the father and son, the parent child dynamics in this movie to probably be its biggest selling point for me. Yeah. And we do get to see, yeah, like you were saying, similar to Rocky two, where you have that balance between, you know, passion and family. It's somewhat, it's somewhat of the same story here. Um, although it's, I think it's very different while the family aspect is still very much there. It's not necessarily, you know, passion versus responsibility, rather more of, you know, the character of, um, the character of Adonis Creed, he feels as if it's like almost like his moral obligation to fight and, you know, regain the respect and the, of the name of Creed in the ring, especially when he's faced against, you know, the guy or the, uh, yeah, the guy who ended up killing his father in the ring. So it kind of is Rocky too, but with so much more weight onto it because you are dealing with, you know, the man who killed his dad, right? So it does add on to, you know, that I, that emotion, it does add on to the emotional weight because it is something that is tied to him. Now that he's proven that his father, that the name of the creed, the name of the creeds is not necessarily anything that should be looked down upon because of what he proved in creed one. Creed two is taking that to an, another, another, it takes that another step, right? Now he wants to essentially prove that, you know, it's not going to be the same thing. It's not going to be the same thing around the second time. Um, and wants to show that the creed name will always live on. So, there are definitely parallels to two to Rocky two and to Rocky four. Um, part of it is just kind of by nature, mm -hmm. but yeah, I think that it is it is going down a rather smart route as well. And I like that it takes a different path instead of Creed dying in the ring like last time. What if he is just a really broken person, like physically, mentally, and then the kind of the second act, the middle of this movie, he has to deal with more so the ego aspects that these characters, these um, Rocky and Creed never really dealt with, especially in any kind of meaningful way. It was always very surface level and it was always brushed away in the first act, brought up and brushed away. And then the characters are back on top better mm -hmm. than ever. It seems like, whereas this time I feel like Adonis actually makes a meaningful character arc or character growth. And that's told through his child, through his wife and his mom and whatnot. And even through Rocky as well, because Rocky won't train him, which I thought was interesting. And it kind of gave me these um, Rocky five feelings where Rocky is watching the uh, fight go out and um, he, there's nothing he can do about it. And he's not living vicariously anymore. He's just like watching with the passion that a father would. And I will say when um, Rocky sees Creed go down and he just has this like harrowed expression on his face, I thought that was really good acting where you could tell he was visibly shaken. 
So mm-hmm. I got to say, I, I do like kind of where this movie goes with the story. Yeah, I do like the fact that Rocky is like firmly on the stance of I'm not going to train you like that. This is not even the question, at least the first half of the film. Yeah, um, I do like that because, you know, in they, that conversation they have outside of his outside of his place, I think is a, one of the uh, is a great scene because he does also say that, yeah, here's the problem, he says, is what Rocky says. This fighter has nothing to lose. And when a fighter has nothing to lose, he's very dangerous. Um, because, you know, uh, Adonis is on the complete opposite end of that. Now he has, now he's developing his own family, just like Rocky had in Rocky II. Now he's at, now he has everything to lose, right? If he dies in the ring, much like his dad did, you know, he's going to be leaving behind his entire family, and which is, you know, which is a horrible thing. So there is that aspect to it that I really enjoyed that, you know, Drago is coming back, but now he's almost even, he's even more dangerous than what he was um, in Rocky, in Rocky four, right? Because now, even though it's not necessarily, you know, America versus Soviet Russia, it's more of the battle between the fighters, right? One who has everything to lose and one who has nothing. So I like that aspect too, where, you know, it's not, it's not necessarily, you know, the battle between what you, what your political stance is, rather it's a fight between what, you know, what you have to lose, right? So now that our main character has gained so much, he had he can also fall so hard because of what he's gained from that first movie. Makes it much more makes it much more dangerous. So I like the aspect that they bring here between these two characters is how dangerous Victor Drago actually is to him. And you know, for I I would probably say for the first time in any Rocky movie, this fight is personal. And the argument could be made, well, it's personal in Rocky 4 because you know, Drago killed Creed, so Rocky's there to, I don't know, avenge his friend, I guess. It doesn't really make much sense. But I would say this time it's actually personal because the son is fighting to make his father proud, and he has these issues with his mom, and he also wants to make his country proud because he hears of the days when his dad was, you know, the legend of the Soviet Union, and now he's not. And now Creed wants, uh, Donnie wants his shot at proving, you know, you think he has kind of like proved what he needs to prove to himself, but he really hasn't. He really hasn't been able to put that away yet. And it really has to break his ego. So as far as the characters go, as far as like their reasons to fight, I feel like their reasons to fight are more investing than maybe anything we've seen in the series. I don't know. That might be kind of a bold thing to say. Yeah, I, I can definitely I can definitely see that, you know, that now that the fight is like internally, it's it's got more of internal conflict between these two characters because it's between these two characters. Right. And especially, you know, what's the what the events that lead the events that lead up to this fight is what makes it so personal. Right. Um, I do kind of wish that they would have, I guess, saved some of this for later in the film, because I feel like this fight happens way too early. In, yep. in my own opinion, because this is in. right, um, which gives it with this is also when the fear of, oh, no, this is becoming a Rocky four or a retelling of Rocky four um, starts to set in is when he or Rocky three. Ring. Rocky three. Oh, I'm thinking Rocky four when. Uh, no, I'm thinking I'm thinking, well, I guess, yeah, both. Now that you mentioned it. Yeah, both Rocky three and Rocky four, because they both have similar paths where they lose somebody loses in the first fight and wins in the second fight, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
so that that does start, that does start to set in, and I'll talk about. I'll, I can mention that a bit later when we get into negatives. Um, but yeah, I do I do agree with you to a certain extent that now that it is like internally personal between these two characters, you know, you do get that added dynamic where it, it, I would say it's still there in previous films, but on like on a different on a different track, right? It's mm -hmm. more of a battle against wills versus a battle against like a personal vendetta um with somebody in the in the ring so there is that added there is that added like um like i mentioned it's like on a different track from what the other fights in rocky have been so far i'm also so happy they brought tessa thompson back to um play bianca i was worried she may not return for this because she's so busy with like marvel and men in black and like these other franchises now mm -hmm. but i'm really glad she was able to come back and it wasn't going to be like one of those throwaway characters where they're like important in the first one. And then in the sequel, it's like, uh, she moved on. She, she just felt like she had to pursue her music career. You know, we always hate that right. when they do that with characters, but right. I mean, it gets pretty emotional. They get engaged. They have a baby. Their baby is deaf seemingly, and they have to deal with that. So good character moments, honestly, probably once again, my favorite part of this movie is not really the fighting, but it's these characters and their journey together. Right. Yeah, I do. I do like the path that they take um, Bianca and uh, and Adonis. Um, I feel like she does have a, a bit more of an, an impact in the first Creed film, but that's not necessarily to say that she has no impact at all in this film. She definitely does. Um, but yeah, I, I do like the path that she goes down. I like I do like that, you know, we do kind of get to see how she deals with like finally she I think she am I correct in assuming that she does eventually just go completely deaf in this film um, without her hearing aids in because she mentions that she could sometimes hear with them out without him in but when she doesn't have him in then it's a big problem um, yeah. that happens in the that happens in the the first match between Ivan or v between Victor and Adonis yeah if she can't have she can hear with them in but with them out she's pretty much completely deaf okay yeah so i do like that added benefit now also with you know our, is our baby also going to be deaf when it's born which they find mm -hmm. out is 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 true because uh, there was a that that se that sequence where um you know adonis and uh rocky finally make up um amara is getting is being born all this stuff like it feels like and it feels like this whole sequence is oh no all the things that have you know been like untied and are falling apart are now just magically coming back together. Um, everything's going to be perfect again, which is my fear at first, but then they kind of go down a different route where, well, the baby is born, yes, but the baby is born deaf. And while Rocky it was going to call his son, he ends up not doing it um, until the very end of the film. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I like that aspect where, you know, there is like that added obstacle now where nothing really is perfect um, as, as I guess what could have happened. Yeah. And honestly, I mean, I don't know about you, but I was getting kind of emotional in that scene where they're testing the baby's hearing and you see um, uh, Donnie start to tear up and mm. um, Bianca just she does that little look with her face and then she starts to tear up as well and she can't even look at him. She has to look away while holding the baby. And I thought that was just a really powerful emotional scene with like, really good acting. I'm like, oh, that, that crying looks so real. Yeah. Um, the emotions are really strong in that scene. So once again, and I think that is something that is important to this film because I think that's honestly probably the reason my wife 
likes this movie as well is that these characters are their relationship is really investing it's interesting and then of course there's that underdog or fighting story as well that captures the attention as well so being able to make a movie that is still kind of a emotional drama and romance that's mm. i think what was so captivating also about the first rocky movie and i think they're doing a pretty good job here with these kind of spin-offs yeah so as we talked about, it does kind of follow the formula of um, Rocky three and four. You know, when um, Donnie goes into the desert to train, I can't help but think of Terminator two. Honestly, when Sarah and yeah. John just like go into the desert to prepare. Yeah. Um, but I do like there is kind of that dichotomy here where Drago upgrades to a gym where he's only trained like in the streets pretty much. Mm hmm. He's in a gym now, whereas Creed kind of down, seemingly downgrades to the elements. And I kind of like that. It's like to get tough, it's like you're going to swing a hammer onto the hard California desert. And of course, it's kind of like the Siberian elements, but different. Um, but it's like what made Drago so tough is going to make Creed tough. You know, I think it's a pretty solid montage, um, especially because their training in this is like crazy where they're fighting underwater, they're doing like those um, those ropes while doing push-ups. I mean, it just feels like it's taken everything to the next level. I don't feel like um, these people are really boxers though. I feel like they're more so bodybuilders at this point um, because they like don't do any boxing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, um, the Drago character is like huge. He's just crazy imposing and he's right. really tall too. But um I do like how the montage ends with it, with this really awesome. He's just like running down the street. And of course, that kind of weird operatic redux of going to fly with that little portion of it. So mm -hmm. we're going to get montage. Uh, we only get one in this movie, and I think it's pretty good. Yeah, I know the last movie we had like a couple of small ones. And of course, the typical training montage. Um, it's kind of nice here to not have as many because <laughs> we it feels like <laughs> most a, a good chunk of the Rocky films are all done in montage. Um, but yeah, it is nice here to only have the one, which is the string montage at the very end. Um, yeah. Yeah, it is an interesting, uh, I, I guess, route to take. Again, sticking with that um, retelling of Rocky 3 and 4, especially with this case, Rocky 4, where, you know, now the, the antagonist is training with more modern equipment um, and the protagonist is training more... Um, with the elements, right? That's the same thing that they do in Rocky IV when they're when they're preparing for the fight between Ivan and uh, and Rocky. Again, there's that retelling of Rocky III. I, in this case, I, I guess it's just Rocky IV, but there is that retelling there again, which you know that that I guess is one of my bigger um, critiques of it. But we'll get into that in a second. Yeah, the other other the other positives that I had is. Um... I think the fighting scenes are shot very well. I think this film looks really clean, sometimes a little too stylized, almost like a music video, which I know this director has done. Mm -hmm. um, I do really like that Creed does this a lot of like bobbing and weaving that we haven't seen in really any of the other movies. And that's really cool how he's like missing the punches and kind of dancing around him. Um, one of the other things is, I mean, we kind of have talked about the Dragos throughout this portion here, but you do realize that these are just tragic characters and mm -hmm. they're, it's just really pathetic and sad. 
honestly, what they're fighting for and what Victor, uh, what Ivan has put his son through. And I, I don't know if you'll like it or not, but I did think it was a poignant scene when Ivan just throws in the towel and he realizes he cares more for his son than winning. And that's right. just something we just haven't seen in a Rocky movie. It's always like beat the person until they can't get up anymore and you're the winner and hoorah. Um, and you see his mom leave and you see Victor is so upset that his mom has left. And I they don't go too deep, but I appreciate their trying here in this movie. Yeah, I do agree. I do like that it, you know, Ivan Drago, the guy who killed um, Apollo Creed in the ring, is the one who calls the fight because, like you were just saying, he he doesn't necessarily care about the victory. He cares more about his son um, after realizing, kind of, I guess, through this whole journey, right? But you're right. They don't go too deep into it, which is not necessarily a bad thing um, because the focus is more on, you know, our character of Adonis Creed. But... All that said, yeah, I do like that added aspect where it's kind of, again, that subversion of expectations. The, the towel is thrown um, to stop the fight, but it's thrown by Ivan Drago, right? That's, it's kind of a, it's kind of ironic because Rocky didn't do that same thing and could have saved Apollo Creed. But yeah, I do like that added aspect. I'm with you on that one. I will say for the first time in the entire series, we are given a reason to be invested in the villains of this movie and the bad guys we're more interested in what they're doing and the reasons for doing it i mean honestly it's not that hard to do that because everybody else has been a cardboard cut out essentially but i will say there was this moment where i was kind of i so i think what i would have actually um have liked better is if um, Drago wasn't disqualified in the first fight for punching him while he was down and he actually would have won. And then the rematch, um, Creed could have won in the rematch. Um, I would have, I think that could have been a far more interesting to these characters, um, as if they would have won. But I mean, I do like when, um, I do find it exciting actually when Victor steps out and he hears his fellow Russians chanting his name. And he mm. is like, takes that moment to like save or like enjoying his moment in the sun. And that's just something we haven't really seen. And I almost like, I almost am kind of all on his side there for a moment. I will say that they do make me interested in whether this character will win or lose. Whereas all the other ones, I just wanted them to lose because they're just cartoon villains. Right. I can, I can, I, I guess I don't feel the same way about um, like that he is disqualified because of the illegal action he takes mm -hmm. um, because it does kind of show like, you know, it for him, it's not necessarily about winning the title. It's about yeah. winning against um, against a creed again, right? Yeah, so that's that's the whole point. thing he's trained for from his father, right? So I, I like that added aspect. I don't know if I would have necessarily been on board with it if they had actually had him win the title. Mm. Um because it, in that case, I think it would be more of a, a following again with that Rocky IV um, retelling again. But either way, yeah, I do agree to a certain, ex uh, a certain extent that it is kind of nice to have villains that, you know, are a little bit more fleshed out this time. You know, we they do have like a personal reason to want to fight, um, to want to do to fight Adonis Creed and, and or Rocky, right? We, we've had this kind of in the past. Rocky II, I think, tried um, to do something like this, but um, 
Yeah. It, it, and since then, and following up until now, every time they tried to have like a, a personal reason, it never really, it never really feels like it's fleshed out very well. Um, this one, I think it has like a good reason to be a more personal fight. Um, I don't know if it necessarily works out as well as I would have hoped, but I think that, you know, what they go for, they do somewhat achieve it. Um, what did you think of Milo Bentamiglia returning as Robert in the very end of the movie? I was wondering, you know, cause they, yeah. that, that thing of, you know, Rocky, is he going to, you know, make up with his son or is he not? was always up in the air. He almost does at one point when um, Amara is born, but ends up not doing it. I was wondering at some point, I was like, okay, so I'm pretty sure he might, I don't know if he will show up, but I'm pretty sure Rocky would do it or, you know, eventually call his son. So, yeah, I mean, I do kind of like that, you know, Rocky films have always been, I've always do a pretty good job at keeping continuity. Like, you know, the same actors or actresses play the same characters. A few moments they don't, but for the most part, you know, if they play somebody in the previous Rocky film, they'll be returning to play that same character later on. Yeah. Um, so it was kind of nice to see that the same guy who played um, Rocky's son in Rocky Balboa is returning for Creed 2 to re- play that same role. I-, I did like that, you know, he does return for that. Yeah, I really like that as well, especially because this movie, this uh, I guess the series is very confusing to me between mm-hmm. Rocky's relationship with the son where Rocky Five ends on a positive note, Rocky Balboa, they have become estranged, and then he's back in his corner. And then for Creed, he's moved off to Canada, and they don't really talk. And then in Creed Two, they really haven't talked in a long time, to mm-hmm. the point of his grandson didn't even know he had a grandfather, which was honestly kind of shocking to me. They had become that estranged. Right. I don't feel like there's any solid reasons for that whatsoever, especially with the way Rocky Balboa left things. But nevertheless, I was really glad to see Milo return even for that little bit because I know he's like really blown up since Rocky Balboa. He's um, doing a lot of projects and he's like really busy with This Is Us, the TV show. But nevertheless, cool to see him in here. Um, Yeah. What did you think of Ludwig's score this time around? So I mentioned in Creed 1, um, I, I think I mentioned that I, I did like it. Um, but at the same time, you know, it wasn't anything that was super stand out to me. Kind of the same way here. I I, I I think I'm more on the fence of, eh, it's okay. I'm not too big of a fan of it. It, it feels like it, it works for what it's trying to do. But I'm not too, I'm not like, you know, rushing to listen to it outside of the movie. Yeah. So it's, it's good, but I'm not super big fan of it. Yeah, I was kind of surprised. I actually thought Ludwig didn't come back to do it this time because it just doesn't feel like up to his caliber of work, especially last time around. I know he's Mm -hmm. super busy, so maybe he wasn't able to give it his full attention. I don't know, but I, I don't know, but I do agree that um, it's really not up to the standard. I felt he set in the last one. It's still fine and you can still feel their similarities, but eh, it's okay. I don't know. Well, I got to say, Alan, I just have one disappointing thing to say. Okay. And that this movie is more of a popcorn crowd pleaser than the first one. This is going for the popcorn. This last one was going more for the feels. <laughs> yeah, uh, I absolutely agree with you. Kind of how I was saying that, you know, 
and I mentioned this a few times, being that it is pretty much a retelling of Rocky three and four, you know, it, it does kind of get, you know, unfortunately repetitive because of the events that have already happened in those previous films. And they're just being redone here again. Um, it feels like they're also going for that, that big nostalgia hit because in the, in the previous Creed, they did have that nostalgia, but it wasn't like a main focus. It was like, here's a story. Let's branch off of it and make our own thing. This one feels like it's trying to be more of, you know, a, an actual Rocky film rather than Rocky is the setting and let's make our own character off this world, right? So I am kind of with you. Unfortunately, this falls into um, more, uh, I feel like maybe more cliche um, plot elements than the first one did, where it tries to be so crowd-pleasing. Um, not too big a fan of that. And we'll only ever know what this movie could have been if Ryan Coogler could have came back to write and direct. Right. And unfortunately, we get a lot of different people inputting on the story. One of them being Sylvester Stallone, which I kind of have come to determine if he's writing it. I'm not. It's. I just don't think the quality is going to be as good. It's going to suffer, which is so weird because he wrote such a great film with the first movie. Mm. And I don't know what's happened over time, but yeah, I think this movie definitely is more of the crowd pleaser type, but I still got to say, I found it to be very enjoyable to watch. I never found myself bored or frustrated with the movie or thinking the quality had really suffered just too much. I don't know about you, Alan. You, I, I think you might not feel quite the same way. <laughs> Yeah, I can't say I feel the same way. Mm. Um, I Yeah, I guess I was... I don't really know how to explain it. it I was surprised that um, of, of some of the things that they did very well, right? Um, again, that with the child being born, um, you know, and he's wanting to marry Bianca, and that Rocky is not wanting to, you know, help fight. Those are some elements I'm like, okay, I that makes logical sense to me. Um, and then there are some elements that, again, feel like they're just copying, like uh, with between the other two Rocky films that we've mentioned before, Rocky three and four. So yeah, I can, I would say this, I was super in tune with Creed from 2015. I was really, I really enjoyed that film and where it went because it, it felt like it had like, it, it felt like it was also at the same time telling uh, a boxing story while also showing the world you know, that this character is living in. This one doesn't really go down that route. It takes a more personal, it takes, tries to take a more personal story where um, the killer, the guy who killed our main character's father, now they're going to go up against each other, right? That's that's a interesting premise, but I don't think the execution is done very well. So, I mean, there are elements that I do like, but when it's all said and done, um, I don't find this one nearly as engaging. And I think that's partially because maybe it is, I think partially is because they're trying to make it more crowd pleasing and it doesn't feel, it feels like they're trying to please somebody rather than tell their own story. Yeah, that's just kind of how it started to come off towards me, especially once I got to the point where he loses in the ring about a third of the way through. And I was like, okay, so this is a retelling of the previous Rocky, of two pre of the previous Rocky films. Well, Alan, with that being said, I'm now so even more curious what your rating and recommendation is for Creed 2. So after Creed 1, I was very curious to see what Creed 2 is going to have. Um, I At the time, I went in completely blind. I didn't know 
who directed it. I didn't know who was in it. I didn't know much except maybe the plot summary, which I was kind of hard to to you know to over to. It was kind of hard to not see because it says who the villain is in the in the in the plot summary. But either way, I went in as completely blind as I as I tried, or I, I went in as completely blind as I possibly could. Um, and there are elements that I do enjoy. There are I, I mentioned this just a second ago. The elements that I think are good in this film are rather good. Um, but unfortunately, this starts to feel, especially after so long, I started to see, okay, so this is just going to be a Rocky 3 and or 4 retelling, which is pretty much exactly what it is. There are some added elements here and there to make it you know, not as simplistic as those two films. But it, for all intents and purposes, that just kind of is what it is, right? And unfortunately, I started to predict where this was film was going to go before that before um, Adonis Creed lost in the ring the first time. You know, when it's all said and done, I think that it is, I think that it is a fine film, but it is not one that I, I guess, not one that I found myself to be very engaged in. So it's okay. It's it's a fine film. Um, higher scores than I guess I would give it, but it's still something that I think is. It's not. It's not the bottom of the barrel like or like Rocky Four. At least it's a better retelling or a better telling of the same story of Rocky Four than Rocky Four actually is. Um, but again, I guess that's not really saying a whole lot. So at the end of the day, Creed Two is a fine film, but not one that is surprisingly spectacular like its predecessor. So I'm gonna give it a six out of ten. I'm gonna give it a weak recommend. Um, if you watch the first one, this is a pretty alright companion piece to it. Um, but don't go in expecting like it's going to be like a harrowing achievement like that first Creed film is. Creed 2 is a solid follow-up to Kugler's impressive spinoff entry. While not hitting the same emotional highs as the first, there still is plenty to think over with this installment. That steers its focus deeper into the identity within our legacy. My favorite aspect of this film is the growing relationship between Donnie and Bianca. The actors have fantastic chemistry, and their characters are magnetic. I had a fun time with Creed 2 and did have to consider which is better, since I think it's almost a tie between the two, two movies, but ultimately, I'm giving the first a slight edge. Creed 2 receives 7 stars out of 10 with a solid recommend. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, interesting. I mean, I think a lot of our thoughts are similar, but I think ultimately... I just had a better time with this movie than you did. That's what it sounds like. Yeah, that, that seems to be the case. Uh, yeah, that seems to be the case. So I still am curious. I think there's still hope. Are you going to pick up this one on Blu-ray or are you going to pass? Uh, I might. Um, I might pick this one up. I don't know yet. I, I might. It's a it's a it's like 50 50. I guess it kind of depends. Like, you know, how cheap is it? <laughs> to get mm -hmm. on blu-ray i think that's where we the deciding factor um but i might it, depending on the price I, I might pick it up well like i said you really can't beat like it was like 4.99 or like 4.79 or something so mm -hmm. the price was right for me i got it well it's no surprise we're getting a creed 3 <laughs> yeah at some point um yeah we yeah. had to wait three years between the other one so honestly we could be looking at well, when did this movie come out? 2018? Mm-hmm. 2018. Well, if it's going to follow the three-year cycle, then it needs to come out next year, which I don't think is going to happen. 
I'm thinking it could be probably about a five-year gap. We probably will be seeing this one maybe around 2023 is my guess. And, you know, now that Black Panther 2 is now in production, um, that's also probably going to set it back because uh, Ryan Coogler's in that. So mm-hmm. if he's wanting to be a part of, you know, Creed 3, which he did want to make it a, a, a trilogy originally, um, then we'll have to wait for him to finish with uh, the production of, of that. Stallone said that he would like um, Deontay Wilder to play the son of Clubber Lang. Of course. Please, no. Yeah. I'm, I'm so worried that this is what this franchise is going to turn into. Yeah. I mean, the first Creed was great because it was all on its own. You know, yeah. it had, of course, it had Rocky in it, but it was all its own story. Yeah. This one is following the footsteps of, you know, of Rocky Four, which we both had differing thoughts on it. But, you know, I think I feel like it worked better as its own standalone movie. So hopefully they don't go down the route of Clever Lang's son because they're just going to be recapping all the Rocky films at that point. Yeah, pretty much. They'll just be running parallel. I, it sounds terrible. Um, Jordan agreed that is a good idea if the sequel was made. He would want to fight Deontay Wilder, who I think might be a real boxer, who would be Clubber Jr. or whatever. Okay. So it was confirmed in February of this year that Zach Balin was announced to write the sequel. Who is Zach Balin, yes, good question. Um, it was also just confirmed a couple months ago in October that um, Michael B. Jordan is also stepping into the director's chair for his directorial debut with Creed Three. Yeah, I did hear about that. That'd be interesting to see, you know, now that he's, you know, started in those two Creed films, what is, what can he do for directing? I'm curious. Especially since I'm he's never directed see. before. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, that does kind of seem to be like also the thing with Rocky is um, Stallone stepped into the director's chair uh, with Rocky Two, Right. Well, Alan, what other um, film or TV recommendations do you have for our listeners? So you did mention this one in a previous Rocky film, Cinderella Mm -hmm. Man. It's been years since I've seen it, but I figured I better, you know, recommend it at some point than before it's too late. So I'm going to say Cinderella Man. It's been a while since I've seen that one. I need to pull that off my shelf. I've. I've owned it for years and I've never watched it. Man, I remember being very good. Um, it's been, I think I watched it, last time I watched it would have been in high school, which was six years ago. Wow. So. <laughs> kind of dating yourself there, maybe? Yeah. Um, I'm going to recommend The Expendables. Okay. Because this movie kind of relives the glory days in some ways, but if you really want a full-on Stallone-Lundgren team-up, really reliving the glory days that's just purely meant for adrenaline action, and they take the wheel instead of the backseat, definitely check out The Expendables. I think you might have a fun time with it. Don't expect something great, please. Mm -hmm. It's just about the action. (laughs) I also have another recommendation, and that is Michael Mann's Ali, which is kind of a biopic about Muhammad Ali, the boxer portrayed by Will Smith in the movie. I did actually mean to recommend that last week, but I didn't want to forget to recommend it to you this week. So I would say if you're looking for another boxing movie that I can say that I've seen, 
that is probably a really great companion piece to these um to the two creed films definitely check out um michael mann's ali i actually found the director's cut at dollar tree not that long ago so it's it's easier to find than you may think now i did want to touch on something because i know we did kind of talk about it last week and alan's mentioned it before alan has mentioned that he has seen fruitvale station he said he recommended that movie that was Ryan Coogler's first film. I'm going to come in on the opposite. I did get to go back and watch it. I am not recommending it. You can read my full review over at Letterboxd. If you want to follow me and Alan at Letterboxd, uh, the link to our profiles is directly in the description below. I just didn't like that movie for a number of reasons. Coogler as a director and um, Jordan as an actor, they do show promise but I just had too many issues with it. And the first of all, just being, I just didn't find the story that compelling or interesting, but I can definitively say I've seen all three of Coogler's um, films. Creed is my absolute favorite. And then it would be Black Panther and Fruitvale Station pretty far at the bottom. Before we sign off here, before we end our final review of 2020, yeah, it's kind of weird to think, but it is. So we got to rank these movies. We have reviewed all eight Rocky movies. So at this point, if you haven't gone back and listened to the previous ones, now is a great time to do it. Now that they're all available, they're all streaming for your enjoyment. It's time to rank them. So Alan, what's your ranking of the Rocky slash Creed movies? So my ranking is going to be from, this is going to be from best to worst. Okay. Um, so the best is the original Rocky from 1976, then Creed, then Rocky Two, then Creed Two, then Rocky Three, then Balboa, then Rocky Five, and then Rocky Four. So that's my ranking. Nice. So my ranking is going to be um, kind of different. Uh, different on the front end, similar on the back end. Mm -hmm. So my ranking is actually going to be Creed. Yeah, still from best to worst. Creed. Uh, my number two is Rocky two. My number three is Creed two. My number four is Rocky. My number five is Rocky five. My number six is Rocky Balboa seven, Rocky three. And then in last place, Rocky four. I'm surprised that Rocky, the original is number four in your list. It did get pushed down. I just honestly find the Creed movies more enjoyable and I really kind of had that soft spot for mm -hmm. Rocky two over the first one. I know I'm like completely in the minority. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think we talked about that. It's uh blasphemous. I believe was the word that we had, we had talked about it. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> so I'm looking at our scores, Alan, and they're not good for the series. Yeah. I figured they're not good. Um, for me, it's about, 50-50, ironically enough, with the first two being um, recommends and the last two being recommends. Um, whereas three, four, five, and six are um, not recommends. Mm -hmm. Yours are more of a different story. You've got, looks like, solid recommend, very mild recommend, not recommend, not recommend, not recommend, not recommend. <laughs> and then finally, you recommended the last two Creed movies, but yeah, interesting. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, it looks like you handed out one eight. Which was I for hand- the original. Yeah. The original. I handed out two eights. Um, you handed out one seven, and I handed out two sevens. You handed out three sixes. That's not, that's about right, yeah. It makes sense. One five, one three, and one four. <laughs> eh, yeah, that's about right. Yeah, I did. I gave out two fives, one four, and one three. But guess what? We both have the same average. I wondered. I wondered. So ultimately, across the board, on average, we both ended up with a six out of ten. For me, that's going to... Uh, since this is kind of split um, between recommend and not recommend, I'm going to ultimately say this is the weakest of not recommends across the franchise. I think there is some some solid elements you should see no you know what i'm going to revise that i'm going to i'm going to say i'm going to recommend half of the franchise i'm going to recommend only the first two and the last two skip everything in between yeah i'm kind of on the same boat with you i think overall i could probably scoot by with a weak recommend just as an overall package because the highs of the series are really high yeah and the lows of the series are kind of low um so I think overall I'd probably give it a recommend, but I'm with you. If I could recommend the first ha- the first two and the last two, and not recommend anything else, that'd be the best way going about it. Um, but yeah, overall it's, it's a pretty eh series because of those middle few films. Yeah, it is a pretty pretty mediocre. In the words of a Morton Joe, mediocre. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I will say you technically were a little harsher on the series it seems like as a whole than i was you handed out more not recommends and um you after rocky um two you didn't recommend um a movie until creed yeah that makes sense that's right that sounds that sounds right Anyways, just to wrap it up with overall kind of scores across the board so you can see how this series has fared over time. Um, I don't, this movie, this part's a little interesting. So if you wanted to just sit down and watch all of the movies, it would take you 898 minutes, which factors out to be about 15 hours. Yeah, you can do it in a day. You could, you'd have like what, nine hours left in the day. That's pretty good. Yeah. Time to sleep, I guess. Yeah, you wake up and this is the only thing you do. <laughs> they go <right> to sleep. <laughs> uh, it'd be a torture fest according to our scores. Now, uh, it does. the entire series has an average letterbox rating of 3.4. It's pretty good, actually. Yeah, an average IMDb rating of 7. That's still pretty good. <laughs> um, an average Rotten Tomatoes critics rating of 69%. That's... Not so good, but still all right. It's all right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, audience average, 73%. And a um, meta score average of 62. Okay. So I guess overall of, of all the scores <laughs> that we've done, they're in the positive. They're in the green. So not by much, but they are there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So... For a combined budget, this film has probably been very close to, it's probably been around 200 million combined budget. Okay. Um, 
And opening weekend, the series has only grossed $138 million across eight films, which is really not impressive. Mm -mm. Domestically, the series has grossed $790.9 million. Uh, adjusting that for inflation, that totals out to be $1.9 billion, basically $2 billion um, domestically. Gotcha. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a rather profitable series. Um, I mean, that also kind of yeah. makes sense because they keep making sequels. So, makes yes. that's no surprise. For foreign, it is $721.5,000. Um, for a worldwide um, gross across the series of $1.5 billion. Yeah, makes sense. And that's not adjusted for inflation. That makes sense. Now, as far as awards go, the film, the entire um, franchise has received, can you believe this, Alan? 12 Academy Award nominations. That is surprising. That's a lot of Oscars. I mean, over across one, two, three, four, five plus three, eight films. Yeah, across eight yeah. films, 12 Oscar nominations. Granted, Rocky got 10 of those. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Um, nevertheless, this series, this entire franchise has, um, taken home three Academy Awards. So overall, I'm kind of shocked how impressive this series is, especially mm -hmm. because that kind of middle slice is pretty awful and there's some mediocre outliers, I would say. Yeah. So nevertheless, it's kind of a weird series, one that has clearly had, um, some serious staying power. Um, this in 2026, the series will be 50 years old. Well, listeners, that does it for 2020. And that does it for our Rocky series. Yeah, it's it's been a wild ride this year. It has <laughs> it's had to redo the schedule year. more than once because films just kept getting pushed back. And yeah. they might keep getting pushed back next when it comes to next year. Yeah. Or just release online. Well, I, I don't think they're going to get pushed back. I think they're going to go streaming probably. Yeah. Is my guess. But nevertheless, we have created what I am calling the alternate universe retrospective. <laughs> Whereas if these movies don't get released, we do have contingency plans to review something else instead that's that goes along with what we originally would have reviewed. Right. But hopefully, right. hopefully we don't have to do that. But yeah, mm. we listeners, if you've been following us for a bit, you would know that we weren't even supposed to be reviewing these movies. We were supposed to be reviewing like Dune. Dune was supposed to be out. Our review of that was supposed to be out. Yep. It's supposed to be out. Um, that's now pushed October next year. <laughs> yeah. So we've got a long ways to wait until mm. Dune unfortunately, and uh, we're going to be reviewing all of Denis' films. If you just can't wait to hear our thoughts on some of um, Denis Villeneuve's films, then we do have the review out for Blade Runner 2049. Technically, we have reviewed Prisoners a very long time ago. I think that review is about three hours long. Yeah, that's that a long review. That was, I think that is our longest, actually. Yeah, so that is going to be made available. Um, I don't think anybody's ever heard it. Uh, we released it like when we first started and um, it was actually something you had to buy and nobody bought it as far yeah. as I know. 
So that'll be kind of cool. People get to hear our thoughts on that for the first time. And we are going to come back in and update our thoughts on that as well. But I 2020 is, or excuse me, 2020 was a weird year. And I'm still really proud and happy of all the things that we got to review and release this year. Um, of course, we'll be doing a look back on that. And I'm going to be doing my best and worst movies of 2020. I've been really pushing hard. Alan, have you seen enough? I saw <laughs> like maybe a couple. Well, we are going to have a big year um, coming up in 2021. Um, our review for Tenant to cap off our Christopher Nolan series is finally coming out. That will be um, released in two weeks. We're also going to be doing the Bill and Ted movies, um, the Kingsman movies, Tom and Jerry, uh, the Godzilla verse slash Kong, whatever they're calling it, verse series uh, leading up to Godzilla versus King Kong, uh, Quiet Place 2, Ghostbusters Afterlife, the Kung Fu Panda trilogy. Um, yeah, we are returning to Ghostbusters. Um, mm -hmm. We have reviewed all of that. Um, Top Gun series, Space Jam is coming back. Speaking of movies coming back, I mean, we're reviewing Creed and like all these other legacy properties are like making a return a long time after their original. Yeah. Um, Uncharted, the Candyman films. I'm very excited for Halloween Kills next year. And then we do have some few surprises to end off the last two months of the year that we're keeping under wraps until now. But in the meantime, Alan's birthday pick is coming out next week. Also, listeners, if you missed it just a couple days ago, we released our Christmas special this year. So make sure to listen to um, that review as well that came out on a Friday instead of a Monday, since that is a Christmas special that released on Christmas Day. So there's that as well. Well, I got to say, Alan, I'm kind of glad we're done with these Rocky movies. I'm honestly kind of ready to move on to something else. Yeah, same here. I'm I'm ready to be done, although I know that we'll be back in the future, but not for a while, it looks like. Yeah, not for quite some time. Well, we do have a big year ahead of us. 2020 was an interesting year. Make sure to look for my best and worst of the year even though there wasn't really much theatrically there was some good stuff also was some pretty bad stuff too which i'm glad i didn't have to go pay theater prices to see <laughs> i was able to just pretty much get it free at redbox or through some streaming subscriptions which was nice but that will do it for our rocky creed reviews listeners we definitely want to know what you think of the series overall make sure to no matter where you're at, leave a comment. We will see it. We can talk about it. Alan, thanks for joining me. Sure thing. And I don't even know what to say because we don't know what you're reviewing. See you next week, I guess, with whatever I decide is my birthday pick. Yep. We are recording pretty far in advance, so um, it's going to be a surprise. It'll be a surprise to us, too. It'll be a surprise to us, too. All right. See you then, listeners. Hey listeners, it's Corbin. Don't forget to check out the exciting links in the description below that will connect you with more great movie reviews for your listening pleasure and our YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter page 
and of course our official website where you can read great articles and sign up for our free weekly newsletter. Also, if you want exclusive bonus content such as extra movie reviews, movie commentaries, and our thoughts on the latest movie news and trailers, plus more, then check out our Patreon page. It's a great way to help keep this show free, and it gives you great content that's yours to keep. All of that and more is found in the description below. Don't forget to subscribe whether you're on YouTube, Apple, Google, or Stitcher, or your favorite podcast service. And while you're at it, please leave us a five-star review so other movie lovers can more easily find our podcast. We love talking about movies, and we love talking about them with you. So don't forget to share with your friends and family, and we'll see you next week, listeners. The Silver Screen Guide podcast is edited and produced by Alan and Corbin. Intro and outro music is created by Thomas Rankin. The thoughts and opinions herein expressed are those of the individual and do not necessarily represent those held by Silver Screen Guide. Silver Screen Guide is not affiliated with any company or individual involved with the creation of this movie or TV show. No portion of the podcast may be used without express written permission from Silver Screen Guide. Um, and that's what ended up being taking its place for the second place spot, pushing it up to number three the following weeks. And then, of course, what really pushed it down was when Spider-Man into the fi- Spider-Verse, Spider-Man into the fi- what really pushed it down was when <laughs> Spider-Man vers- into the Spider-Verse came out. While Rocky travels to Vancouver to see his son once again as credits roll. And you've got poor connection. Hello. Totally frozen. Frozen out in the cold. Are you there, Corbin? Looking for Steve. Hello. Never say goodbye. Great. Boulder City on a hill. Hello. Hello, you back? I'm back. Yeah, you froze. Creed 2 is a solid follow-up to Krugler's impressive spinoff entry. While not hitting the same emotional highs as the first, there still is plenty to think over this entry. Why do, don't use entry twice. Dang it. <laughs> not good writing. <laughs> okay. We probably will be seeing this one maybe around 2023 is my guess. Yeah. And, you know, uh, now that Pink, Pink Panther. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think Michael B. Michael B. Jordan's not in Black Panther 2, is he? He isn't casting it. Spoiler alert, he dies. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm actually not sure if he's in it. Uh, I just know that Ryan Coogler is most definitely a part of the production of the sequel. Oh, he is? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he is. Wow, I hope so. Let me look it up. Yeah, yeah, director and writer. Oh. Wait, where are you seeing this at? IMDb. What? Okay, I guess it's in pre-production. Mm-hmm. So, we'll see. We'll see. All IMDb says is Zach Balin is writing. What are you looking at? <laughs> what are you looking at? <laughs> Let me pull it up. Black Panther two. Oh, I thought I, we're talking. I'm talking about Creed three. Oh no, I'm talking about Black Panther two. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was saying if he's going, if Ranku is going to be a part of. Uh, okay. Creed again.
You might have to gotcha. wait until after. It might be until it might be after um, Black Panther Two is finished. Yeah, I get it. And then we do have some few surprises to end off the last two months of the year that we're keeping under wraps until now. But in the meantime, Alan's birthday pick is coming out next week. Alan, are you ready to reveal? You better be what it is. No, because I haven't decided yet. Crap. Okay. It's okay. We also haven't decided our Christmas pick yet either. So, you know, we're recording those next week and we haven't even decided yet. <laughs> so... That is true. So this is coming out after Christmas. So mm -hmm. I guess I better bring that up. 